0: With us today is Barney, Scout Man, well known as a trail angel. He's a dedicated ambassador and an experienced hiker of the Pacific Crest Trail, a through hike that stretches from the southern border of California all the way to Canada. He's been on NPR, mentioned in the New York Times and Backpacker magazine. Oh, and did I mention he's a published author? So what's a trail angel? Let's find out. out welcome to the bigfoot backpacker podcast tell us a little bit about yourself well first of all it's a pleasure to be here with you uh, dan and
1: uh you know a little bit about myself it's hard to know where to where to start Do i start uh when i was 13 and first fell in love with backpacking
0: (laughs) kind of like me yeah that's about the same age i decided to grow blisters (laughs) yeah i didn't decide
1: Um, um i was born to parents who did not camp or uh, be in the outdoors at all, but they took me to Boy Scout meetings and some uh, uh some men whose names I still like uh um uh saying their names Mr. Massey, Mr. Quinn, and Mr. Metcalf uh, with the Boy Scouts. I went out on a 50 miler. I was the smallest kid on it. had always been the smallest kids in my class, which was no fun for a guy. Um but out there in the Sierra Nevada, uh even with the uh, uh nearly 40-pound pack on my 80-pound body, I was in places I'd only seen on TV and the animals weren't behind bars. And as long as I kept up, I was the same as the big boys, which was pretty neat. It rained every day. We were supposed to have uh, great weather in the Sierra Nevada. You had a once in a decade, uh, pineapple express as they call it. But I also fell in love with backpacking out there. I did, which probably brings us to why I'm, I'm talking on a, a Bigfoot backpacker podcast.
0: Absolutely. And so, yeah, that's certainly one of my passions and, uh, you know, kind of like you, a serious, hard challenge I had to go through, but I absolutely fell in love with it when you, when you get done. You feel so great about yourself. It's, it's an amazing accomplishment, and it keeps you motivated to do more. So, yes, I, I hear exactly where you're coming from. Well, you're known as a PCT trail angel. For those of us out there that don't know what that is, why don't you give us a little bit of an explanation?
1: Well, uh, you need really a, two terms. One's trail angel and the other's trail magic. Oh, yeah. I see. oh yes please please uh
0: enlighten us a little bit
1: so trail magic is really um uh, any act of kindness done for a uh, um, uh, a hiker or a backpacker and trail angels the person performing that it can be uh, small or it can be large it can be as simple as um the, uh, giving someone a ride they're standing on the side of the road trying to get into the next small town it can be as simple as um um, um you're in a a uh, regular old campsite and see someone scruffy come in and offer them a, a little something from your cooler. It could be more complex, such as opening your house in a trail town, letting someone uh, sleep there overnight, maybe giving them a meal and a shower. And uh, here in San Diego, my wife and I do something a bit more. Uh, in 2006, the year before, we through hiked the Pacific Crest Trail. Uh, we did that uh, in 2007. I like to say I followed my wife for 2,650 miles. <laughs> but there's a way to uh, uh, whet our appetite and increase our enthusiasm. Um, we opened our house in San Diego to uh, uh, um, hikers who were starting the PCT. It's not like you can come into a, if you fly into San Diego, you got your permit and there's the trailhead and you walk out on it. Instead, it's a lot more complex. You're flying into a strange town. The trailhead is 60 miles. To the east, it's not easy to get to. It's not signed well at all. Uh, there's public transportation but it takes a half day, and it doesn't drop you off anywhere near there. You fly in, and the airlines won't let you fly with fuel, and you need to uh, uh, get some needs taken care of in town, whether it's where to get a gas canister, whether to get your last food resupply. Um, and on the weekends, public transportation didn't run. And when you get out there, you're a mile and a half the trailhead. There's no signs. Uh, back in those days, your choice was maybe to camp uh, next to the uh, uh, border patrol station or the youth detention center out there in Little Campo. So Sometimes people would call their day zero, they were for starting their worst day on the trail. And we decided we would um, open up our homes, uh, host hikers for a night, two or three nights, uh, have what they needed here, and have uh, uh, anything else easy access. And then drive them out first thing in the morning. And that year we hosted a uh, seventeen uh, uh, through hikers. In those days, maybe something in the order of two hundred and fifty or folks started total with intention through hike, and it did just that. We're, um, we're still in touch with a third to half of those seventeen. Uh, we followed them that summer. Some of them were uh, uh, were uh, uh, were writing a uh, online uh, online blogs, and it was a lot of fun. So the next year we did. Uh, the year before we threw a hike, we hosted 35, and the year after that word got out, it was over 100, and basically uh, ever since then, except for uh, the uh, COVID years, we've hosted um, um, hikers in our house, and in 2019, the last year before COVID, over two months, we hosted uh, over 1,200 people uh, at our house
0: wow well congratulations that's that's a heck of an accomplishment and i'm sure there's so many people that have appreciated that I, I yeah when i when i came across your story i was just fascinated by this and so i always thought to myself i have to reach out to this guy i've got to talk to this gentleman mm-hmm. so i really applaud you for that and i think it's a fantastic thing that you're doing and i know a lot of people certainly appreciate it so you're on you're on i guess the would well, the southern end of the trail where people can either start or finish there. What do you notice? And I guess maybe I'll ask you about the trip that you took with your wife. Did you start in Southern California or did you end there? Or do most people end there? So 95, 98% of people
1: go northbound. They start in the south and they head north. Uh, the weather window's a little better. The original guidebook is written from south to north, which probably influenced a few people. Right. These days, it's just a slightly higher percentage of southbounders, as we call them, those going from uh, Canadian border down to Mexico, in large part because the numbers have gotten so large. Mm-hmm. So in Aria, maybe maybe 300 people started with the intention to through my, and these days that number is uh, not just 10 times, maybe uh, closer to 15 times as large. Wow. The movie Wild had a big impact, uh, as well as... Um, uh, Oh, the great recession, people lost their jobs. And all of a sudden, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, we back in 2008, nine and 10, you lost your job and said, Oh, I'll, uh, I'll go fill, fulfill the stream through hiking and positive feedback uh, loop, loop happened. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. So when you did your trip with you, your wife, uh, how, how, how long did it take?
1: It took us 155 days, five months, um, April, um, uh, April thirtieth to October fifth, okay. and then uh, um, uh, I'm actually I'm seventy years old now. It's fifty five years then. It's fifteen years ago, but I could sit here. Uh, we don't have the time for it, but I could sit here. I could tell you a story for each and every one of those hundred fifty five days. Oh wow, that's a
0: that's that's a chapter per day. That's a chapter per day. Yeah, it's a chapter per day.
1: What period of your life can you do that? If you were to sit there and try and think back a year ago where you were, and maybe you could tell a story for that week. Maybe. Mm-hmm. We imprint differently out there. Um, we're our best selves out there. It's one of the reasons why why I do it and why so many people go out there and attempt to do it through hike.
0: I I absolutely agree. And the the strongest memories I have are certainly on longer trips, and I I haven't done you know one of these long, long, long through hikes like so many people have. Unfortunately, I still got some time in my life that I can, and I'm, that inspiration is there. I've done so just so many you know week long type hikes, and I've always had such a big focus in Montana of catching the next next best trout. I was always so focused on trout catching, catch fish, catch fish with the high mountain lakes. Um, and, and my, my identity is, has, has kind of changed a little bit, just like you were perfectly describing, just being out there we're our best true selves, when we are, and that's, you know, what keeps you motivated to, to the next adventure. And so I really applaud that different perspectives. And as we get a little bit older, you know, you, you look through the glass just a little bit differently. So yes, I hear you. So what were you, one of your, tell me one of your craziest days that you had on your trip. Gosh, (laughs) put you on the spot.
1: No. So at the end, um, we had had a light snow year. Most part, there are some some years where the Sierra Nevada is is really under snow. It can be um, uh, dangerous stream crossings um, and and even worse. But our year was a light snow year. We weren't impacted by it. Uh, We thought um, uh, we had aimed to finish on October 2nd, my wife's birthday. Um, and usually you can finish the Pacific Crest Trail by mid-October and still be, quote, safe. That is, the uh, 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 cascades won't shut down due to snow. But that's September 29th, Friday night, it started snowing. And what proceeded to follow were um, uh, a once-in-a-generation um, series of snowstorms back-to-back, five in a row. Um and I have a, um, actually a picture of my wife the day before her birthday. And she is hiking through snow that's over her knee. And she's wearing wearing the trail runners as we do. And yeah, the uh, rainy pass is 60 miles from the border. And at that stage, what that means is that we uh, all we need is three days hiking and two nights to get north. And we proceed uh, that morning. Uh, it had snowed. We started out in about four inches of snow and we have a 2,000 foot pass to climb and it quickly grows to four, six to over our calves. Uh, We're losing sight of the trail. We're hiking at that point with another young woman. Uh, Her trail name was Blazer. And we've been, uh, um, I've hiked in snow before. In fact, I've I've taught snow backpacking, snowshoe backpacking in the Boy Scouts. But these conditions were getting really difficult. And then we see uh, um, uh, uh, some faces come out of the snow and it's some other hikers we know. It's uh, Dalton. It's Guts Chuckwagon. These are their trail names. And it strikes us as odd because they're hiking toward us. They have decided to turn back. You know, here we are. We've been out for five months. Canada is so close you can smell it. Uh, I think someone had said a couple days before, I'm so close. I will crawl to Canada if I have to. And we're there. Uh, Blazer, this young woman, uh, her, her uh, jacket had uh, broken. The zipper was broken. She lost a mitten. Um, we become quite close to her. We actually called her our trail daughter, and she called her us, her trail parents. And I'm talking in the whiteout. Uh, Guts and Chuck Wagner telling us how awful it is up, up ahead and why they decided to turn back. And I'm talking into the snow. And it takes me 10 minutes to talk myself out. Blazer had already announced that I'm doing whatever scout that's me and my wife, her trans photo, I'm doing whatever they're doing. And I turn to take one step back to where there's this road five miles away. And I stop on my track stand. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot do South. I have hiked North for five months and have had this goal in front of me for five months. And I start to talk again. And I must tell you, my wife and I had them been married thirty years, and we had a tacit, unspoken agreement that each one of us had a veto. That uh, this crossed all walks of life. That if one of us said, "You know, that's it," I'm exercising my veto. There would be no argument. That's it. In thirty years, neither of us had any done had had done that. And as I start to talk into the whiteout snow that's falling down, Frodo, my wife looks at me and says, "Scout." That's it. I'm exercising my veto. And we turn around and we head south to get out of the snow. Yeah, Wow. That was actually the first of the three times we set out from Rainy Pass. And if you want to know the rest of the story, uh, because it gets worse before it gets better. um, I think it's crossed your radar that I wrote a book, Journeys North.
0: It has. And I was able to kind of peruse through it a little bit. So, yes, tell us about that. Well, that's the, uh, that's the final lead in story. We actually,
1: uh, we formed the 10 of us the second time we went out because we went back to a little town, dried out, uh, saw that there was maybe a little window between storms two and three, and we try and head into it. And we formed what we called team snowplow, 10 of us. Here's folks been largely hiking by themselves. And we agree. We're going to not just hike together, but hike together with the lead always, always in touch of uh, always within sight of the back. We formed buddies because out there in those conditions, you tend to, um, uh, to stop drinking, to ignore pain and not tell anyone else about pain. And we really need to look up to look out for each other. And we swore no one would get seriously hurt and that we wouldn't have to be rescued because that puts other people at risk. Um, and that's, uh, about the last uh, 40 pages of the book is what happens there. But, um, um I actually had a, a, a very short one paragraph excerpt from Journeys North that I uh, thought I'd read that. Okay.
0: Absolutely. I definitely, please
1: do. Yeah. So it begins, why do I thru-hike? And for your audience, the so thru-hike is doing one of these long trails, um, Appalachian Trail, uh, Pacific Crest Trail, Cotton Divide Trail. They're doing it in, a, in in one go-through. Uh, usually they prefer to do a calendar year, but doing it in one long go-through. So why do I thru-hike? There's nowhere else I feel so safe and free. A thousand things don't tug at me like in the spider web of city life. I am my best self. I'd hike just for that. Once a day at least, I am dumbstruck by beauty. I can pick my nose and scratch where I want. The people I meet are as astonishing as the wildlife. Not to mention the town food. Four Michelin stars don't hold a candle to the first meal in a greasy dive after five days on the trail. Why do I through hike? I could write a book. So I have to uh, pinch myself. Um, Journey's North was uh, uh, Backpacker Magazine did, a, did a, a five-page excerpt of it. They called it a, a best gift for 2020. Uh, NPR did a 20-minute 20, 20 interview with me. Yeah, it's, uh, it was mentioned in the New York Times. Um, I will take you out there. Uh, one of the reasons I said I wrote it is I would like um, uh, Joe and Josephine couch potato just so folks who don't go out, and that's fine. Uh, uh, hopefully you at least get out and walk uh, walk to the park because we're our best selves, whether we're walking a short distance or long distance. But um, uh, through Journeys to North, I'd like you to feel what it's like for a moment. It is, the weather is so nasty, it's pitiful. It's blowing snot it's colder I'll get out. And you've been forced because it's the only rational decision to make. You've been forced to retreat to a pit toilet outhouse where you were cooking your dinner in the corner, huddled over your little tiny stove, waiting for this meal to heat up. You're wearing every dang stitch of clothing you have because it is so cold. And you know what, Dan, mm. you are happy.
0: There you go. Yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes. And what you kind of described with, with, you know, Hiking partners not wanting to express how they're feeling or pain and not showing some of that weakness is, is, is a thing. And I've, I've been privy to that. And I always just called it trail shock. And there's, you know, pride gets in the way just a little bit. So yeah. it's good that you guys have taken the responsibility and so many hikers now really have, I think, and taken that responsibility to to be able to say, hey, I have kind of reached a limit here because I don't want to endanger a rescue team. And so, I really applaud that approach of responsibility on the trail. So, so good for you, and good for you for teaching that. But at the same time, encouraging everyone to go be them their best selves. And so, your book. Where can people find your book?
1: Amazon. It's uh, in, in a couple copies are in every every REI, the West of the Mississippi. Most small bookstores have a copy of it. It's out for two years, so they might have they might have sold out. But it's Journeys North. I uh, can go to my website, Barney Scoutman, and I'll, and I'll send you. You can get a signed copy there. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. Yes, I would encourage that for everyone. So to take a, take a read and, and learn from the people that have been there and done that before you make your own trip. So is there somebody on the Canadian end that's kind of like you that uh, is the, one of the most, most renowned people?
1: Uh, no, there used to be in Washington uh, a couple of the uh, Dinsmore's. Uh, they were in a uh, sky Komish off of a uh, snow Snoqual- off of Stevens Pass. Uh, um, but the couple grew older and they actually did, they have both passed on. The, um, uh, the day of what we used to call the big trail angels homes ourselves and there were two uh, Dinsmore's and two others. They've really passed. The numbers have outstripped folks. You know, it used to be you might have a couple hundred uh, over a few months stay in your house. And now to do that, it would be uh, literally a few thousand, as I described to you. Uh, so, we have said that this year 20, 2022, is our last year, although we had a fun time this year. So we'll see.
0: <laughs> so this was your maybe your retirement year, but maybe not either. Yeah. <laughs> right on. And so you just recently uh, had some folks staying at your at your place, and they've taken off on their journey recently. Yeah,
1: yeah. A week ago, Monday morning, we took the last group of. Uh, 20 or so out to the trailhead, us and uh, other volunteers, because we can't do this by ourselves. In 2019, as I remember the number, in 2019, I wrote 81 separate thank you notes to folks who helped with uh, driving out early morning, getting here at 5.30, driving folks to the trailhead and who have helped with other ways. Because this is, um, uh, when folks come to us, we're very clear from the start, uh, um, there's no charge, please no gifts, no donations. We do this because we can. And um, um, we have a lot of the volunteers who help who help out who can touch this. It's really a neat thing
0: that's, that's amazing. And you've certainly got a big heart, you and your wife. and I so so much applaud that. it's it's incredible. you're making the world a better place. So congratulations on that. And there's so many people I know that are appreciative. And there's people on the trail right now that were just with you. And do you think, you must think about them every day. I wonder where Mary is. I wonder where this person is. Do you keep in touch with people along the way?
1: We keep in touch with some or it's more that they'll, that they'll send us an email or send us pictures and such. Yeah, but we're, you know, we're talking uh, this year you know, with COVID, our numbers, um, uh, we cut down the number of people staying here. It's 430 people. Wow. So certainly their number, uh, you know, who stand out. Uh, I did something different this year. I taught an essential, an essential trail skill, as I put it. Um, uh, I taught line dancing every day. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. You gotta be kidding me. Uh, but it'll scare bears off uh, better than you know, cl- clicking your your hiking poles at them or banging pots. You know, you, you start to line dance in front of a um, a black bear and you'll confuse the animal. <laughs> uh, now, I, I have some. Uh, I had some folks actually send me a video up the trail from a place called Eagle Rock. It's 107 miles up the trail north of the Canadian border. And it's one of these named features, unlike Indian Rock, or, um, you know, they are features that are named because they look like something, but you usually either have to be a bit drunk or squimp. Eagle Rock and the PCT. Um, uh, and you should look it up. Literally, it looks like a 30-foot wide uh, American eagle, uh, its head to the side. You can see the beak, and its its uh, wings are stretched out the side. Well, these folks did a uh, uh, they did one of the line dances I taught in front of Eagle Rock, and they posted on Instagram and sent it to me. It was a lot of fun.
0: A lot of fun. That's great. So, did you run into uh, quite any animals that were that were making some some scary threats? So, I, I don't put the word "scared" in there you okay. so ran
1: into animals that um um uh you know the, the classic ones where your friend's question begins with um, aren't you afraid of and then here you can insert bears or mountain lions and, uh, and rattlesnakes uh, but these animals you know the last thing they want to do is to um is really to mess with you mm-hmm. and you give them space and they will uh you will uh, gladly take it but probably uh uh, one of our best stories is the uh, the largest bear I've ever seen in the wild. and that was a thousand miles up the PCT. Uh, um, we'd gone right through the Sierra Nevada. all the friends, all the uh, through hiking friends we've been hiking around, they already had their bear stories and they had pictures and they would show them and we were jealous. we'd seen um, uh, over the years we'd seen plenty of bears in the wild. but on our PCT hike, we hadn't seen one yet and we'd already hiked through the um uh, the prime countries, Sierra Nevada. So we're setting up that night, uh, and we would trade off. One night, uh, Shiva cook, and I would set up our, our either our tent or set up our, our, our um, uh, the tarp that we were cowboy camping on, uh, and then vice versa. This night, it was a day before we were come we come to a next trailhead. We were still carrying our bear canister as we had through the Sierra Nevada. She's cooking she's about uh, 20 25 feet away from me and I'm setting up her tarp and on the other side of her about uh, 20 30 40 feet I saw the largest bear I'd ever seen in the uh, in the wilderness come out from behind a large rock this bear was beautiful it was a black bear but it's actually it was a cinnamon color, Uh prime of the prime of the summer uh, just beautiful just beautiful. <laughs> Five to six hundred pounds at least. I like to say it was the size of a the size of a of a, of a Volkswagen. But my um, first move, so it's me, my wife with an open pot of dinner, and there's the bear. And I'm not proud of this, but my first move, Dan, is I reach down, and once in one smooth move, I whip out my camera and I get out two shots, <laughs> and then I catch her attention. I go. She looks at me and I flick my head and she looks over, sees the bear. And she very calmly takes the pot, puts it inside the bear canister, cranks the lid, comes over, stands by me. And the whole time I can see that the bear hasn't hasn't noticed us. It's looking obliquely to us. The wind must be in the wrong direction. And this massive beast is not aware of us. She, she whispers, what should we do? And what we do is as you're supposed to, we look large, so hands thrust over our head and if uh, we were uh, uh, if you could see me right now it's exactly what i'm doing <laughs> and then we sang to the bear Leonard cohen's hallelujah in two-part harmony we showed him we were human when we get to the uh, uh first chorus that massive head turns our way and looks and lets us know whose home we are in and then he slowly turns and shambles off
0: yeah wow Wow, that's a nice experience. Absolutely. Yes. Fantastic. Fantastic. And did you see any any more bears after that?
1: Yeah, but in Northern California or in Washington, the bear experience is different than in uh the Sierra. Mm-hmm. Uh cuz these bears are hunted. Yeah. And your bear experience almost uniformly is uh, you'll see it, and the next thing you do is you'll hear you'll hear this crashing, and you'll see some black fur going through and trying to escape from you, because they're <laughs> hunted.
0: Right. Uh, right. Wow, you certainly have a have a way with words, and I can understand why you wanted to write your book and and tell your story so others can can learn from it. How long did it take you to write your book?
1: Uh, um, there's a lot of answers to that but uh, the one i'll give is uh, to 10 years so it's not the uh, usual hiking memoir which is i hiked and here's my story mm-hmm. this is the story of six of us i like to say it's wild meets the breakfast club
0: right uh
1: so the story of myself my wife and, and four other uh, hikers all all much younger than the two of us and it still amazes me dan that um these other um, hikers trusted me with their backstories Out there, one of the neat things, and this is also true, whether you're hiking a a long trail or sometimes even just walking to the park with a friend, walking is the most natural thing we do. And you get out under the sky and away from our computers and everything. Um, And on trail, it wasn't unusual. I might have a conversation, um, even once a day, a conversation I wouldn't have in the city with a best friend, uh, uh, maybe even this once a year. We talk differently to each other. And so I became privy to these stories. I'll just share this one briefly. Uh, A young woman named Blazer, as I told you, that was the one who uh, her jacket was broken in in the snow and she lost the glove. Um, A not unusual uh, question on the trail. You're doing a long hike and someone will ask, well, uh, uh, how long have you been thinking about doing this? When when did you decide? Um, And Blazer for the entire five months when that question will come around. Uh, this is the answer she, she'd give. Ha! One night I got drunk and I announced to my friends three weeks before I started, I'm shaving my head and I'm hiking the Pacific Crest Trail. <laughs> and then that's what all of us would do then. We'd laugh. And this wow. conversation would move on to people. Uh, six months after the trail ended, I saw her for the next time. I was in Washington, D.C. We, uh, we met in a hotel room lobby. And her um, I all but wouldn't recognize her because her shaved head had grown back to uh, close to a full head of hair. And I was used to seeing her, you know, with very short hair. And for the first time, she told someone else why. Why she actually started. Um, yeah, her life had cratered. She was sleeping on her brother's couch. Uh, and... She's sitting there sobbing, and she tells me the why. And I'm going to do something unfair at this point, point. I hope that's okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you that you need to read Journeys North to find out the why and to find out more about this dear Soul Blazer. Yeah. We became so close that five years after the trail, she asked my wife and I uh, to officiate at her wedding. Uh, That summer, I was hiking up in your country. Uh, I was hiking the Continental Divide Trail through hiking it.
0: Oh, sure. You bet.
1: And uh, it was the one thing I got off trail for. I literally uh, uh, came out of a, a Glacier National Park. Um, the next morning at 6 a.m., hopped in a plane to Cal- uh, in, from Kalispell, was in uh, Ketchikan, Alaska, which is where Blazer lived, by 11.30 that morning. And with the full power of the state of Alaska on our shoulders, we married her. And then by Monday, I'm back on the uh, CDT, the Continental Divide Trail, hiking south. Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, that's a... <laughs> that's a heck of an answer to what you've been doing the last couple of days. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah, that's not the regular. Oh, you know, watching TV, checking my email. That's perfect. I love that. Wow. Well, good for you. So I know you. We kind of touched on it in terms of retirement. Do you want to let people know how they might be able to get a hold of you in case uh, they want to get some more information from you?
1: Easiest way is uh, on my website, Barney Scout Man, two ends dot com. V-A-R-N-E-Y S-C-O-U-T-M-A-N-N dot com. That's the best way. Um, uh, An email address is barneyscoutman at gmail.com. I don't hide. I don't
0: hide. I love that. No, you hide perfectly in nature. It's great. Good for you. And keep going. Keep going. Well, good. Well, in the interest of time, I know we could be here for a long time. I'd love to have you back sometime, maybe for another part two or maybe part three. I've got some more questions. And I'm sure I'll hear some some things from some listeners that will tell me how come you didn't ask him about this? How come you didn't go there? But I will ask you one last quick question and I have to do this. Of course, nobody saw Bigfoot. No, we had
1: in 2007, we had a guy whose trail name was Squatch Uh and he was fascinated with Bigfoot, all things Bigfoot. That was our man Squatch, but um, we only saw him. That's the only squash we saw. We did not see big.
0: The I hear you. There's one in every crowd and they kind of has to be. So there's nothing wrong with that. Well, good. Well, any last parting words you want to send out there for the people that are heading out to the PCT or any of these through hikes this season? Any last words of encouragement we can give them?
1: Yeah. So I'll, I'll finish with the same words that my wife would uh, say to me uh, when she take me to a trailhead on the Continental Levi Trail. Uh, I hike 60% of that by myself. That's some real wide country. They tell you uh, to uh, get zen about getting lost most every day, even 21st century. And my wife, uh, her last words were not, I love you. Those were close to him. Her last words to me were always um, make wise decisions. And I'll leave you with that.
0: Oh, that's perfect. And we make wiser decisions. Every day we get a little bit older. I do believe that as well. So thank you so much for your time today. If we can have you back, you're always welcome. And uh, stay safe out there, everyone. This has been Barney Scout Man. He's one of our trail angels that we adore so much. Author of Journeys North, the Pacific Crest Trail. You can find it on Amazon or get a signed copy from his website. So please, enjoy nature. Go find out who you are. You'll come back a better person and then turn around and go do it again. This has been Barney Scoutman on the PCT. Thank you, man.